Good morning and welcome to Crossword Online. It is a fantastic day, nice and cool, and it's a fantastic time to be together in the Word of the Lord. And um, we are continuing and finishing off our short little uh, study on the whole issue of Thanksgiving. And so uh, why don't I pray? And uh, then we will uh, have a look at it. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we can thank you. What an incredible, wonderful reality that is. You have made us to be thankful, to enjoy, to have abundance, uh, to be rich, to be satisfied. Uh, Lord, what an incredible thing as we've been looking at this whole idea of thanksgiving. And so we pray uh, this morning as you encourage us. We want to exchange our wishes, uh, Lord, uh, the wishes that often uh, come about because of the circumstances we are in. Uh, we wish uh, things to be different. We wish life to be easier. We wish a whole lot of things would um, come together and, uh, uh, yeah, and make life great. We thank you that we can ask you that you will teach us your will. And uh, your will, as we've been looking at the last week, is for us to give thanks in all circumstances. So, Lord, here we are. Instruct us further. Encourage us. Remind us of the things we know. Uh, strengthen us uh, so that we may indeed enjoy uh, the great gift that you've given us, uh, which is thanksgiving, and specifically uh, because of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, we bring ourselves to you, Lord, and we ask that you would be our instructor and enabler by your spirit through your word and we do this in jesus name amen yes as we've said so over the last uh, three weeks this is now the fourth week uh, we have been just trying to unpack and explain a little bit about the richness and the wonder uh, of the idea of thanksgiving as we have it in the scriptures uh, we looked at yeah the first point the first sermon was really all about how biblical it is how extensive the language is, uh, comes a number of different ways. Thanks and praise and glory and shouting and shouting for joy. Uh, all sorts of ways in which the scriptures talks about this fantastic reality, uh, which I take any person really in one sense wants more of. Gratitude, thankfulness, um, which goes with uh, things like hope and trust and contentment. Uh, and we looked a little bit at that in that first talk. It was very quickly just said, listen, we need to rethink uh, uh, Thanksgiving maybe a little bit. It's actually far more uh, important than we realize. Uh, and it is far more beneficial uh, than we sometimes uh, think. And it is, after all, the Lord's will. Uh, in everything, uh, give thanks. For this is God's preferred will uh, for each one of us that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's been our main text, really, that we've been looking at. So that first week, we looked at the biblicalness. The second week, we started to say, how can we grow in uh, getting our hearts to be a bit more grateful? Because the under, underneath uh, uh, Thanksgiving lies uh, gratitude. Uh, and so we looked at uh, a number of R's, uh, as I said. It was to slow down. Uh, deliberately choose to be less distracted uh, and to the first one is to recognize reality 
uh, in one sense, to recognize simply the things that is right in front of you, the things that you see around you, the things that you are doing, the things that you are using, uh, the things that is so part of everyday life, and just slow down enough to recognize it and to give it a name. Uh, and that already makes you aware of it in one sense. Um, that was the first R. The second R was then to reflect on what you've seen, what you've given this name to. Uh, what does it do? How did it get here? Uh, who was involved? Um, how wonderful is it? How functional is it? Uh, and that already starts to grow an appreciation uh, for this thing. And you work it back to its original source, which uh, we spoke about uh, quite a bit, is that God is the giver of all good gifts. Every good thing comes from God himself. Um, and so you recognize that and you're starting to appreciate the fact that God has decided to use an incredibly wonderfully complex uh, system of uh, giving us things. Some things he does straight out, uh, like the fantastic reality of grass and how grass uh, is beautiful to look at and it's nice to roll on, uh, much better than cement. Uh, it is uh, life-giving. Uh, it actually produces uh, oxygen. Um, and so just looking at grass, you're starting to be grateful for the incredible reality. So God gives something like that. Other things he uses people. They develop skills. They can use some of the, the earth's uh, resources and they make stuff. Uh, and uh, it enables us to have great times and relationships and do all sorts of things. And so in one sense, we hopefully recognize that there's a lot to reflect on and take it all the way back to God so that we can grow in appreciation and then receive it. The next R was to receive it as a gift from God and to treasure that in our hearts and to allow it just to hit us and to think, wow, we were given this. This is something God wants us to have. Uh, and that hopefully will up your gratitude. And then we mentioned very briefly through all of it is to record. It's trying to record about five things a day that you are thankful for. Five things that you've recognized and reflected on and received as a gift. Take a notebook and just record them, write them down, because they will help us as we go on uh, to understand it. And then uh, last week we said uh, the next R, right? I don't think I used the word R, but I've been thinking about it, trying to, you know, connect it all together. Uh, we could say to reply which is to express to God in words our gratitude. So recognizing it, reflecting on it, receiving it, recording it, and then now it's to reply to the giver, to the original giver. And we looked at this whole idea of how rich the Bible's language is about expressing it. You can express it by writing you can express it by saying it. You can express it by singing it. Uh, you can express it by praying it. I mean, there's all sorts of ways in which one can reply uh, to God uh, as the giver of all good things. And that that actually cements our relationship. And the two major ways in which the scriptures helps us to do this uh, in the reply is to really tell you, you know, think about it carefully. Uh, the fact that you are in the Lord's world. Uh, so... We use that funny uh, Hebrew verb form, which is called the PL. It really means ramp up uh, looking at the setting, the context that you find yourself in. Note everything about it. Uh, color in 
the scene in one sense. And the Lord himself is the scene. Rejoice in the Lord. You are in his world. He is made by his word. You are in history at a certain point in time. Uh, you are a creature made by God's very own hand. Individually he fashioned your heart. And he's looking in one sense he says at your heart. To see if you recognize him. And reflect on the fact that you have been made in the image. And receive that he is that. And to call on him. Something to fear him. To recognize him. And that, that is important. And that, that must be you. <laughs> All of you. Your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. When you give thanks, don't just say thank you. I mean, we would say bring it on. Mean it. And, and that's what we looked at last week. So this, we've got a, a number of R's uh, that we've been looking at. And so this last week, uh, I want us to just expand a little bit. So, so far in one sense, we have looked at the things that are Easier to be thankful for, the gifts, as we call it. Um, and yet, in our main passage, it says, in everything, um, or at all times, uh, give thanks. Um, and that is a that is what we want to look at. We want to expand it a little bit. Because as you know, and I'm sure maybe you've had a week like that, things happen. This world is broken. Uh, this world is sinful. Uh, this world is um, full of hardship and stress. Uh, this world is uh, unpredictable at times, uh, more so than others. Um, this world brings a lot of pain, uh, physical pain, a fear of sickness. We are surrounded by that. The reality of sickness leading to severe uh, conditions uh, and even death. Uh, so this world is, uh, as we've said, to be thankful does not mean uh, they are always going to be easy. Your heart is always going to be simply full of gratitude. And that's why we had to learn to be grateful because we get so busy uh, and so distracted because we're always chasing uh, joy and a better deal uh, that uh, the scripture tells us to, to slow down. And so briefly this morning, we're going to touch on the fact that the scripture says in everything or in all circumstances, as some of the translations uh, says, I'm just going to pick up just a couple of other verses that saying exactly the same thing. Uh, for instance, in Ephesians chapter 5 and in verse 20, it says, Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. There you got this all, every kind of language. Uh, Colossians 3.17, Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him, to God the Father, whatever you do, whatever you're busy with, has for the Christian, the actual preferred will of God is that you do all of it, every bit of it, with this thanksgiving undergirding reality. Um, maybe one more, uh, one we're all familiar with, uh, Philippians 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And then he goes on and he touches on uh, so much of what is true in our world. It says, be anxious for nothing. Don't let anything make you so anxious that you start to, I guess, fall apart, uh, get distracted, lose your rejoicing in the Lord. But in everything by prayer and supplication or petition, making it known with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Incredible. So there's a hint, immediately in that Philippians passage at least, that anxiety... And thanksgiving are not mutually exclusive for the Christian. 
because um, of the Lord. You can learn to be thankful while you're anxious, which is, if you think about it, quite bizarre. Um, and so you find passages that say so beautiful in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul for instance, gives a whole list of the kind of things that the gospel has given him. And, and most of them are pretty hair-raising and, and stuff that you kind of uh, don't necessarily consider to be gifts. Um, but at one point, he just makes it this simple. He says, we are sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. And so a Christian doesn't have to lose his joy and his thanksgiving when life is sorrowful. The Christian does not have to uh, allow the worries and the anxieties and the pressures and the strains and the stresses of this life to rob him of thanksgiving. Because in all circumstances, it's God's preferred will that you will be doing thanksgiving uh, in and through uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that is phenomenal, isn't it? Uh, how do you do that? How do you, in all circumstances, which as we've just said, these passages include hardship, sorrow, uh, we mourn, says Paul, uh, when he talks about death, but not as those without hope. Uh, there's even a hopeful mourning, uh, a joyful sorrowing, a thankful anxiety. Um, and it is all really uh, because of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we look at this, uh, how do you develop this? And so we are back to growing uh, in our understanding. And so the first thing is really, uh, it's another R. Um, it is what we call remember. Uh, to recall, to remember, uh, to go back. So, I mean, if you have been over the last 25 days of the gratitude test, uh, uh, have been faithful doing it, uh, recording five things that you've recognized and reflected and received um, on if you, you know, it kind of affected your heart. If you've been recalling five of them a day, as we suggested, and then by now you should have about 125, 130 things to be thankful for. So you could simply take your diary, your book, and open it up and go back and remember what happened. What were you thankful for? What was it that uh, indicated to you uh, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, uh, the, the wonder of God, uh, the thing that you thanked him for, because today you may be in a pretty deep, dark, shadowy, sorrowful, anxious situation. But the fact that you can go back and remember something in the past actually means that you have made it from there to here. And there you were thankful. Yeah, you may be struggling, but you remember, wow, it is actually God that brought you from there to here. Um, and that remembering starts a trigger process that helps you to reconnect, to recalibrate, there's another R, your heart and your gratitude. And so in the Bible actually says, again, funny enough, you're not allowed just to recall the facts. You are to remember them. And it really means you are to do it until you can re-experience the joy that you had uh, when you looked at it the first time. Because ultimately, remember, it's the joy in the Lord that actually enables you to receive the gifts, the things that we are grateful for. But you see how fascinating that is. So you can't just recall and write it down again. You have to recall until your body relives it. It's taking us back to those two words, the PL, until you have revisited the scene 
of the goodness of the glory of the Lord. So don't stop in your remembering until you can almost touch the scene. And you, the, all of you, your heart, which is your, your kind of values, your soul, which is your aspirations and your desires, your, your mind, which is the way in which you reflect and think, and your body is literally how you, your strength, your energy, um, is fired up again. So that's the one way in which you can realize that it's possible, despite your concern, your worry, the bad news you receive from the doctor, uh, you can look at it and say, you know what, this is now, I have been around for a while, and as I look back to all the recordings I made about all the kindnesses and goodnesses and gifts of God, I can be thankful. I can say, you know what, when I look back and my heart is recalibrated and I see again that life is bigger than the moment and that God is the one overseeing it all, that thankfulness actually re-enables me to trust God for today and into the future, for it is this world. And He has been good to me in multiple ways. Um, and so I am thankful. And that thankfulness creates an easier trust in God, especially when you can't see so well, especially when it's painful, especially when it's uncertain. So that's just one of the ways. So one of the ways is to remember until you relive uh, the fullness of the joy you had about those things and recognizing that God is still the God that is in the world and he is still with you. You are still here, as we could say. He's not done yet. Uh, uh, he is going to keep on uh, working out his purposes and plans. So that's the one way. How I, in all circumstances, and we are looking at the circumstances where it's not easy. We've, we've looked at the easier ones. And we don't want to stop looking and seeing all the little things that God does while we are in our hardships. So... The first one is to remember, and to remember God's goodness. And maybe even to make a recording of that remembering. That would be interesting, to see how it develops and how it's given shape. The next uh, aspect that we can do is, is what I call recalculate Christ. This is God's will for you. He's preferred for you in Christ Jesus. Is to recalculate what is the enormity of the gift that God has given you in Christ Jesus. As a Christian, this is probably the gift. I mean, of all the gifts that God has given, there is really no gift that can be compared with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because with the Lord Jesus Christ, we get everything guaranteed forever. And so Christ is the greatest gift uh, that we have. And so uh, Melissa Kruger, in her book, In All Things, um, says it so beautifully. She says, the bedrock um, of our rejoicing and thanksgiving isn't the goodness of our day, but the goodness of our God in Christ Jesus. And so... Even though gratitude for things often stirs in us an awareness of God as the giver, the really incredible thing is, is that we don't even have to feel gratitude. We don't even have to have a gift to be grateful. 
something we can hang into our hands. We have the gift of God in Christ Jesus. It's, it, it's a theological gift. It's an eternal gift. And so gratitude, funny enough, is actually not gift orientated. It's actually God orientated. It's not the goodness of our day that full earth was gratitude. It's the goodness of God in and through Jesus Christ that gives us good and bad days. And so our gratitude is by faith and not by sight. And Jesus kind of helps us and the scriptures helps us to realize that we are living by faith, not by sight. And there are often an enormous amount of scriptures uh, that uh, we look at. And so uh, Dustin Crow says it in a slightly different way. He says in, in his book, he says, we love God's word, which is Christ, and God's work, which is Christ, is what he means. He says, not just his wallet, all the W's. We love God's word, which is Christ, and God's work in Christ. We not only love God's wallet. And so... There is probably the aspect of God's goodness as captured for us in the Bible is that the word of God, Christ Jesus, is the greatest gift because he changes everything. He tells us he has overcome all things. He has actually conquered all sin, all temptation, all brokenness. He has conquered Satan. He has even conquered death. And so in Christ Jesus, there is no greater reality than to know him and to rest in him and to see what he has done to see what he promises uh, and that fills us with gratitude that fills us with thanksgiving and so we are to recalculate the value and the enormity of the gift of what god has given us in christ jesus so god's character and promises ultimately actually is the foundation uh, for our thanksgiving and gratitude. And so, since God never changes, He's always the same, our circumstances changes, our moods changes, our uh, abilities changes, our vulnerabilities changes, uh, our dependence changes from different ages to different situations, our our ability to cope with it changes. Uh, and what's it? We're always in one sense changing to some degree. Uh, God, in that sense, in Christ Jesus, never changes. He always stays the same. And it's that awareness, that deep reflection on the wonder of the Lord Jesus Christ that is really at stake. So I just want to read us just two very, very uh, uh, fantastic passages that kind of captures one from the Old Testament, uh, Psalm 42. Uh, David is in a pretty state. Uh, he's fairly depressed. Uh, it seems like he is uh, cut off. Uh, he recalls the, how wonderful it was to go to God's house and worship him. But he's now like a, a deer, like an animal who is thirsty and his, his tongue sticking to his, his uh, um, palate and he cannot do anything and, he, and he's longing for God and he, he can't understand what's going on and, and everybody's mocking him and he kind of points this picture and then he starts to talk to himself. Uh, which is quite a good thing to do when you are in a state, is to talk to yourself. And he says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Yeah. He doesn't really seem to be able to answer his own question. He says, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, 
my Savior and my God. Oh, I'm not praising him at the moment, but I will. Because he is the Savior and he is God. He doesn't change. He is not uh, unable. He is putting me through this and he is asking me to come to him based on who he is and trust him. So there's the first one. Fantastic words, isn't it? Think about it. I will yet praise him. It is going to happen. Because, not because of me, but because of him. He is the Savior, and he is the actual one uh, that uh, is God. And he's the one who made that promise. I didn't make the promise, he made it. And so the next one I want to just read is a familiar, very familiar passage uh, that helps us to grow in all circumstances. It's uh, 2 Corinthians. It's probably the suffering letter in the New Testament, uh, where Paul describes so much of uh, his own hardship. But he starts off by saying, um, uh, he says in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, which is such an amazing thing, isn't it? God can make light shine out of darkness. Now, one need to actually think about that. And just how marvelous that is and how true it is. Made his light shine in our hearts, which was pretty dark, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So when we come to Christ, there's a light that penetrates the darkness of our hearts. We can't see there. Uh, we can't get there. We almost need to kill somebody to get there. He says, God can speak right into it. When we see Christ, that Christ is so powerful. It's like a light that shines into the darkness. And it gives light. And so here he describes it. He says, yeah, this is this magnificent reality that Christ can shine. When you look at him, when you look in his face... He's got the ability to shine into your heart with the same power that God brought light out of darkness right at the beginning of creation. There was darkness, void, and it was a eerie, terrifying, ominous place. And God said, let there be light. And so Christ is the light for the human heart. When you look at him, I take it maybe some of it a bit longer than we often do, light will come into your heart. And you will see glory and hope in Christ because he has come for you and for me. Then he goes on and he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all surpassing power is from God and not from He says, God shines the light of Christ into us, but we are clay. We are pretty weak. We are pretty fragile. We are pottery, uh, which is, wasn't very strong in those days. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Then he goes on little explaining this. He says, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, because we live by faith. He says, we have, uh, we also believe and therefore speak. Remember, when you believe, when you understand goodness of God, speak it, say it, reply in that sense. He says, we speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. So we will see him himself. We have that trust that because of the light of Christ shining into us, as we look at Christ, we see the knowledge of the glory of God. A 
glory that is stronger than, as he says, um, being hard-pressed. Because it won't crush you. It can't crush you. You may be perplexed, but it cannot lead you in despair. You may be persecuted, but you cannot be abandoned. You actually may be struck down, but you can't be destroyed. Because there is nothing that can stand up against the power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. When the world did their worst to him and kill him, he rose again and conquered final enemy death. Isn't that beautiful? And so he says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even when it's hard, perplexing, confusing. He says, though outwardly we are wasting away. That's true. That's honesty. I mean, that's something that's kind of scary, isn't it? Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. As we look at Christ, we are being strengthened inwardly. And thanksgiving is actually part of our reaction. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. What an incredible statement. As you look at Christ, you look at the fact that he's conquered, you look at the fact that he's come for you, you look at the fact that he's going to bring you to himself. He says that gives you so much power in the midst of weakness that you will rejoice. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what unseen is eternal. And there's the real reality. I can thank God in everything, because whatever it is that I'm in now, whatever moment, whatever circumstance I'm in now, is because of Christ Jesus' resurrection, can only be temporal. It cannot be eternal. It is only for a moment. He calls it light and momentary. Not always so sure about the light. And yet, as we see in the glory of Christ, that gives us the ability to grow into giving thanks in all circumstances. For there is not one area in this world that does not belong to God. He oversees everything. And he is looking at the human heart that he's fashioned by his own hand to see if they will recognize it. That he is the one who is able through weakness to bring powerful for eternal life. And he's shown it in Christ Jesus. So can you see how the scriptures actually says exactly that? That in all things, give thanks. For God wants you to do that because you are now in Christ Jesus. That, brothers and sisters, friends, whoever's watching, summarizes, I hope, to some degree, the wonder of this gift of thanksgiving. Because thanksgiving is simply, as we've said, a reflection of the human heart's ability to see reality. And the reality is that God has made all things. He's fashioned us by his word. He's made all of this world possible that they could be flourishing. That isn't always flourishing because of sin. God oversees all of history, all of time, all of the plans and schemes of every individual and every nation. He oversees that. And he is saying, I want to fashion it so that my plans and purposes, which is always good and very good and is to flourish, will come about. I'm the one who's made every human in my image. I've made every heart 
they're in my hand. And I look to see if they recognize me. And whoever does, he says, I will save. Because you won't be saved by all your toys and all your power. Isn't that something to be thankful for? How we can look with certainty that God has already walked the walk that each one of us needs to walk. So may you indeed have a deep-seated joy in the midst of sorrow. Thankfulness in the midst of anxiety, confusion, because of the Lord Jesus Christ. May God grant you to look into his face and to let the light of the glory of God shine into your heart where there is sadness and darkness, concern. May you experience the creative and recreative power of God in that moment. That's my prayer for you. Thank you for listening. Let's pray together. Father, yeah, how would we be able to thank you for the wonder of Christ? How he captures every reality that we experience. How he has experienced it himself firsthand. How he um, experiences the fullness of sin firsthand. How he even experienced your wrath fully. How he has entered death and conquered it. How he is the one that shows us that he is so committed to us that he has done not a single thing for himself. He's done it all for your glory and for our benefit. Oh Lord, we pray that you will enable our hearts to lay hold of the glory of the wonder, the life-giving light and power of the Lord Jesus Christ so that you may lift our hearts at all times and we may be able to give thanks in all circumstances. For your will is that we will be in Christ and to be in Christ is to be in a reality that is eternal and good and life-giving. So thank you, Lord, for, for Christ. Thank you for the gift. And we praise you and we honor you and we submit before you and we do this in in his name, who has come to save us. Amen. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, my prayer is that you will grow in thankfulness. And that in all circumstances in this week to come, you may enjoy the preferred will of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you. Bye-bye.